Hello everyone, we would like to welcome you to our 7th edition of the Ranka Pro Europe podcast, the world of fan selection. Strong returns over time. Um, so during our selection process, we therefore look at the organization via multiple angles. My name is Carla Solera and I am the Investor Relations Specialist here at Ranka Pro Europe. This will be podcast number seven of a long series. And today we're going to talk about the importance of culture when selecting external managers with Peter Lang, head of external manager selection at ABS Capital Alice. Hello, Peter. How are you? How is everything going in Netherlands? Hi, Carla. Yeah, everything is going uh, very well. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, pleasure talking to you about culture. And also, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, listening uh, everybody. <laughs> It's a pleasure to, to have you here. Um, so first of all, Peter, uh, thank you for agreeing to, to participate with me in this podcast, as I am sure that we are going to, to have a really interesting discussion today. So dear listeners, pay attention and stay in the loop. For those who maybe don't know our guest that much, he is the head of external manager selection at ABS Capital Alice. Peter, um, could you like to tell the listeners more about your background? Yeah, of course, uh, Carla. Thank you. Uh, yeah, maybe some background on myself. Um, I'm born and raised in the Netherlands. I actually grew up with investing. Uh, my father worked at a bank where he also gave investment advice and, uh, and sold mortgages. So um, when I was 12 years old, I actually bought my first stock, which was uh, quite fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I studied business economics. And after my study, I uh, joined Camper Capital Management uh, back in uh, 2001, where I did fund selection most of my time over there. And um, in 2017, I got the chance to join a smaller investment boutique, uh, IBS Capital Allies, mm -hmm. based in Amsterdam, where I became head of external manager selection, which actually uh, I feel is a great job. Mm -hmm. I had to set up the desk uh, pretty much from scratch, which was quite a challenge, but also makes you feel like an uh, entrepreneur. And I must admit the job itself is one of the best jobs I can think of. Every day is different as markets move in all kinds of directions. and. Um, Yeah, we get the opportunity to meet and speak with uh, the best managers worldwide. Well, that's amazing. Amazing background. Um, so now let's uh, start this discussion uh, by answering the, the question, the important question of this podcast. Are fan selectors always looking at how the investment culture looks like at a firm? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it, it's becoming more increasingly important. Uh, compared to years ago. So I think mm -hmm. a lot of managers do look at it um, and it is increasingly becoming important for a lot of managers. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, so obviously I can imagine that probably this is uh, an important thing for you when, when you are selecting funds. So um, what are the most important areas uh, you look at when, when you are selecting these funds? Yeah, the most important uh, areas we look at are actually investment philosophy, ESG performance and investment culture. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, with regards to investment philosophy, we always look for something what uh, set the manager apart from the rest of the market. Um, that could either be that their investment team is the largest or they're known in the market for being the strongest or most experienced, uh, or they use all kinds of in-house build models to analyze companies. It really must be something uh, unique uh, which they uh, offer. Um, yeah, and secondly, ESG is obviously important. So we look for managers that combine either a set of exclusions within the more controversial sectors like weapons and tobacco, together with strong integration of ESG, which also includes uh, yeah, engagement and proxy voting. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, performance obviously is not surprisingly also something which we look at. But in our process, it's 
only 20% of the decision in the end. Um, we actually predominantly look at if the strategy performs in line with expectations. And actually in practice, this means that we don't only look how the fund compares with a broad index, but we also look how the fund scores for the, versus the style index mm -hmm. and also versus the peer group, which gives us a better overall picture. And last mm -hmm. but not least, we also look at investment culture and we like firms which have a strong uh, investment culture. Mm -hmm. Well, as I imagine, you mentioned uh, investment culture as one of the key aspects uh, of, of a company when you are selecting uh, funds. So could you please tell the listeners why is that important, like the most important thing about it? Uh, yeah, our experience and actually also different papers and studies uh, confirm that uh, a strong investment culture also correlates with strong returns over time. Um, so during our selection process, we therefore look at the organization via multiple angles to determine the strength of the investment culture. And our goal in the end is uh, yeah, to search for the firms with the strongest investment culture within a specific asset class in the hope that they also perform uh, yeah, better over time. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Peter, for, for your answer. Um, however, it is very important. Uh, I would like to highlight the fact that um, this it is not always easy to, to identify the investment culture of a company. So how do you assess the investment culture of an asset manager in practice? Yeah, that's a good question. And actually what we do in practice, we meet the investment teams either via uh, live meetings or calls. And we try to get an answer actually on five questions. I will, um, uh, I will walk you through these questions. Uh, so firstly, how is the organization set up? Um, so within IBS Capital Allies, we have a preference for firms where the investment professionals can become shareholder of the firm and where the PM and analysts can also invest their private money in the funds they manage. Uh, in our view, this creates mm -hmm. an, a strong alignment of interest. So if performance is weak, not only the clients feel the financial impact, but also the PMs and analysts work there also feel that. And, and this approach also leads to lower turnover in investment culture over time. Um, and on the other end, we are less enthusiastic on firms where the height of the bonus is, for instance, linked to the inflows of the fund or to short-term performance. This gives uh, yeah, a wrong incentive in, uh, in our view. And the second question mm -hmm. is actually, how many strategies do they run? And we have a preference for firms that are uh, yeah, focused in the number of strategies they offer. So ideally, you would have one investment philosophy within the firm. And in general, we score, uh, score firms lower, yeah, which offer pretty much everything. Um, so that's, that, that, that's the second part we look at. And I think one of the important questions, which is becoming more increasingly important, is how does the firm score on diversity? And we're actually looking more broadly at diversity. So diverse mm -hmm. in terms of gender, but also diverse mm -hmm. in terms of age, diverse also in terms of study background. So we actually like investment teams that combine finance people with people that also actually have been active in the industries they analyze. So diversity in all these areas leads to more creativity, a fresh perspective, and also a good sense mm -hmm. within, um, within the team. And unfortunately, how are actually the tasks organized within the team? So we are actually um, yeah, fond of a broad team approach where the role of PM and analyst is integrated. Uh, so all team members have a seat on the table and have a direct influence on the portfolio. So they really feel they're a part of the team and that their input mm -hmm. is valuable. So we score teams which only have one PM, which is supported by a whole bunch of analysts lower. We simply find the, the key known risk in such a setup um, too high. 
So mm-hmm. there's not much room in our portfolios for um, yeah, what we call star PMs. And, and finally, uh, an also important question is how's the workplace organized? So this is something which we really assess when we meet teams in person. Uh, sometimes we read in RFPs, for instance, that team call, that the team culture is very open and collegial. But when we then visit the data floor, we only see small offices where doors are closed, or we see a lot of cubicles on the open floor. And that actually doesn't give us a strong feeling that there's a lot of interaction going on within the team. So on the other yeah. side, we we uh, yeah we like the firms better, which have sort of open spaces where the whole team sits and when they have a, can have a continuous debate and challenge on the portfolio. And what's also quite interesting nowadays that quite some firms offer some kind of yeah, entertainment, if you will. So they have table table football or table tennis. They have all kinds of silent rooms where you can actually work quietly or read a book. And this all sort of helps to keep personnel happy and motivated. Um, and actually the answer of all these questions determines the strengths of the investment culture. Uh, and we actually also use this framework in a monitoring process. So we monitor our managers on a quarterly basis. And if one of the answers on these questions becomes weaker, mm-hmm. that could also result in the end that we sort of yeah, sell out of a position. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, uh, Peter. Of course, uh, we can imagine that with all these questions together, uh, it is easy to, to identify the strength of a company's culture. But do you see a difference between a small boutiques and a large asset managers with, with regards to uh, investment culture? Is there any reason why the size of an asset manager affects or benefits its investment culture? Yeah, that, that's 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 really a good question, Carla. Um, I actually do see difference between the two. Um, but I think there's no straight answer that either the smaller or the larger manager ha- always has a better investment culture and therefore also better performance numbers. Um, but what we do feel on average, that smaller boutiques definitely have an edge on larger firms. Um, and as it is much easier for a smaller boutique to be focused and to also keep everybody on the same page. And large managers mm-hmm. will always endeavor challenges to create one strong investment culture across the firm because there are simply too many people working there, which makes it Mm -hmm. tough sort of to work via one defined set of values and norms. Um, And what we also actually see in the market that large managers also develop a lot of solutions pretty much for all client needs, but not all, every team in such an organization will be evenly good or successful. Sometimes products are launched on a trend that lasts for some years and after a while they are merged with other funds or actually these funds cease to exist. So we'll actually score these managers lower. Um, but it doesn't mean actually that they never buy into large managers because we actually like large managers which have what we call is a multi-boutique setup. So all the underlying investment teams then operate autonomously within a larger mm-hmm. firm. So they have their own PL, uh, they can create their own boutique within a larger franchise, if you will. Um, but what we do notice over time is that we starting to like insurance companies and banks that also do asset management less well because what we notice is that the focus of management is mainly on the insurance company or on the bank and less on asset management at least that these businesses are not run by investors per se uh, and their mindset is really different so the turnover in these investment teams also tends to be higher Mm-hmm. And the bar to Excel versus peers can also be lower as a lot of these funds are used predominantly for internal clients. And an internal client is less likely to sell out of a fund if it's linked to a sort of a mortgage or an insurance product, etc. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and coming back to, to the identification of the investment culture, uh, for example, in COVID times, uh, is it more difficult to assess the investment cultural uh, culture of these managers? Yeah, that's definitely more challenging, uh, to be honest. We mm -hmm. can't meet that many teams on site currently. Um, and during on-site visits, we can really meet the teams and we really sort of feel their drive, their enthusiasm, etc. Uh, I actually sometimes compare fund selection with headhunting. So you want sort of to meet the persons uh, physically and look mm -hmm. them in the eyes to see if you're sort of comfortable with yeah. them and trust them. And, and, and yeah. in COVID times, that's, 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 that's quite tough, to be honest. No, yeah, uh, I imagine that without all these face-to-face -face, uh, meetings, everything is more complicated. I mean, as you said, getting to, to know someone uh, without uh, meeting in person and meeting online and everything is quite difficult, uh, quite complicated. So, um, Peter, do you have an example of a firm with a strong investment culture? I know this is a difficult question, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 we definitely have one. Um, we've done a search um, uh, for a global quality manager actually back in 2019. Um, and then we, we selected a manager called WCM. We, mm -hmm. I, we actually never heard of that manager before, but it stands for Winrich Capital Management. Mm -hmm. And this manager actually has everything we look for. So if you look at WCM in more detail, we, we see it's an independent asset management firm. They're mm -hmm. working with approximately 70 people, of which half is equity owner of the firm. And also the PMs and analysts mm -hmm. invest a significant part of their private wealth in the funds they management. Um, so the alignment of interest is really strong. Um, and if you look also at the AUM of the firm, they manage approximately $100 billion. But the product range is client limited, so they don't offer 100 strategies. They only offer five strategies, which also all follow the same investment philosophy, which we feel is a big plus as well. And um, actually, thirdly, um, yeah, the firm is located in Laguna Beach. That's 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 based in California. Um, that's actually quite an advantage as well. Uh, the temperature is obviously great, uh, uh, which is uh, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. it's actually even greater um, that there are hardly no other asset managers around. So the competition for human capital mm -hmm. is low. So when you look at the turnover in the investment team of WCM, it's significantly lower mm -hmm. compared to what we see in the big investment hubs like London or New York. Um, so that's is all everything um, mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds really good, good with this manager. But what's actually set this manager apart from the peer group is that they also place a large emphasis on culture in their investment process. So they feel actually that culture is one of the main drivers for the long-term success of a business. They say in their all kind mm -hmm. of statement that culture separates brilliant from good companies and actually that culture is the best internal weapon against competition. Eh? Competition can copy your product, they can copy your servers, they can read your annual report. Um, but in practice, it's really tough to copy a culture of a company. Uh, so that's, that's uh, I think they are right on that point. Mm -hmm. And what they actually did, um, they set up what they call is a cultural framework which they use to analyze companies and they use all kind of internal and external data to assess the culture of a specific firm. So for instance, on the external data side, they mm -hmm. use LinkedIn reviews, they use Glassdoor reviews, best places to work data. And they also do a lot of interviews where they talk to professionals in the industry, they talk to current and previous management of companies, they talk to supply chain partners, etc. 
And what's actually funny is that that work is not done by a regular analyst, but WCM has one culture analyst employed in the firm. And this analyst is 100% of his time dedicated to perform mm -hmm. culture analysis. Wow. And this person works closely with the PMs and the analysts mm -hmm. in the team. Um, and the outcome of this analysis is actually part of the fundamental work that, they, um, that the company does uh, on, a, on, a, on a specific stock. And it plays quite a big mm -hmm. role in the, in the decision-making process. Um, yeah, and finally, what's actually interesting to note is because the WCM doesn't only use this knowledge when analyzing companies, but it also mm -hmm. forms the heart of the organization. Um, and that's why they have what they call a chief culture officer in the organization. And this person has mm -hmm. actually two, two key tasks. Uh, he must keep the organization mm -hmm. happy and healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And he must make sure that they attract and preserve investment talent. So in our mm -hmm. view, this is really a manager which has pretty much everything in the house to become um, yeah, successful over time. And, and the interesting part is that they also incorporate investment culture in their process as well. Amazing, Peter. Uh, thank you for sharing a name with our listeners, um, as I think that this can be very useful for them. Um, uh, well, now that we are coming to, to an end, I think that it would be great if you could maybe summarize your opinion and perspective towards investment culture in the fan selection world, so that our listeners can maybe draw a conclusion um, of your point of view. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah, in our, in our view, it's investment culture is really something which you must look at within, uh, within selecting funds. And I think it's becoming increasingly important as human capital is one of the main drivers for investment performance over time. Um, so mm -hmm. I think we, within IBS, we also continuously look at how to improve our process. And I think investment culture will become more, even more increasingly important within our process as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's actually our main takeaway. What what we've learned over the last uh, yeah the last years that it's becoming more and more important to also place a lot of emphasis on this topic when selecting funds. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, uh, Peter. Um, now I would like to um, squeeze in one or two more questions about your role. Um, so, what is your biggest uh, challenge at ABS? Yeah, that's, 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 that's an interesting question. I think the biggest challenge currently, what we see actually as more sort of a market challenge, how do, you, how do we deal with sort of rising inflation and rising interest rates? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, mm -hmm. that, that, that has been our uh, lower interest rates has been a question for the last number of years. And now sort of we see mm -hmm. rates rising and inflation rising. Yeah. Um, so we are looking sort of how we can sort of position our portfolio um, uh, better Um, if mm -hmm. rates or inflation remains this high or becomes even higher that our portfolios don't suffer a lot. So that's basically uh, yeah, a sort of key question which we ask ourselves, how can we sort of improve the portfolio in this scenario? And that's, uh, that, I think that's quite a tough, uh, tough challenge because you uh, yeah, mm -hmm. always want to have sort of government bonds in your portfolio as a sort of safe haven. Uh, but if that implies that you have to accept negative returns for a number of years, uh, yeah, probably uh, a lot of clients are not that happy uh, on, uh, uh, with it uh, in your fixed income part. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, the, the question that I always ask is, uh, which key industry trends do you think will perform better this year in 2022? 
Um, yeah, I think that, that um, uh, to be honest, I think asset-based securities will be an asset class, especially within the fixed income space, that will perform relatively well um, because the yield is really attractive. Depends on if you play it sort of uh, in Europe or globally, but you get an attractive yield versus um, uh, versus government bonds and versus credits. And also your duration risk is lower because these strategies tend to have a duration of one or two years compared to five or seven or eight years with government bonds or credit. So you are less um, vulnerable if rates would continue to rise. Uh, and you also sort of have a different type of risk in your portfolio. You don't have government risk or corporate risk within credits, but you have consumer risk, which is something different. So it also gives a lot of diversification in portfolio. So I think that will be... Um, yeah, if market continues like we have seen in the first couple of weeks of the year, then then this will be, in, um, uh, I think, one of the better asset classes uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you very much, Peter. Interesting, interesting view. So, well, uh, dear listeners, uh, we could be here for much longer, but unfortunately, this podcast is coming to an end. Um, thank you very much to the amazing guest that is here with me today, because I really appreciate that you, uh, Peter, agreed to, to participate uh, with me in this podcast. As I said at the beginning, it has been a real pleasure collaborating with you. And yeah, as I always say, I hope that these really interesting discussions uh, get growing and, and we look forward to the upcoming talks with more fans lectures. Also, before I forget, if you want to be up to date uh, with the latest news within the asset management industry, subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>